Solomon, what's happening? Damn, my brother, man. Damn, damn, man. I've been looking forward to this. Been looking forward to this. Um, What we like to do at LITC, the way we like to start. What episode is this anyway? What episode are we doing, Carl? Episode six. All right, cool. So one of the things we like to do when we start is we look at a piece of art and then we just ask the guests what you think, what that says to you. So This ain't original, though, is it? That's the original. Is that the original? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how come we don't have, you know, like... The I first, do you know the first one I'm looking them at? Guys, you're technical, yeah. I don't know. No, nah, the first one I'm looking at, you know, like usually it's got like the signature and it's got like the how many prints has been made and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, to me, um, this just looks like an African piece. It's just like it's just like all one connecting. All one connecting. Yeah, it's got two extra bodies, two extra heads. Yeah, so to me, it's like all one connected. All, all one connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you say African piece, what made you think African piece? You know, like when you're seeing like, um, you know, it's got like a couple of of the um, Egyptian symbols, um, especially the color theme as well, the green yeah. and the yellow and the black. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's one of the ways we like to start. And it's interesting, like I always say, so I ask different people, mm-hmm. what do you see? And we all see different things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like working in community, that's what it is. Yeah. There's no one story that's the same. Yeah, it's very yeah. different. And what one thing means to someone means something yeah. goes to another person. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like we start, we go back to the beginning. want to find out about you, Solomon, what you're all about, how you've got to, where you grew up, yeah. family, siblings, and your journey. So, shoot. So um, my name is Solomon. Um, I'm a twin. I've got a twin brother. I've got a little brother um, and a little sister. And we grew up in in an estate called um, Summerleyton. It's actually called Moreland's Estate, but everyone's called it Summerleyton. Why is that? Do you know what? I've never... Because it's Summerleyton Road. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've so, always known yeah. it as Summerleyton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not actually called Summerleyton. Summer no, it's called Moreland's Estate. Okay. Yeah, so um, I think just growing up, everyone's just called it Summerleyton. Yeah. Um, and is that the estate? Like, I'm not taking the mickey for people that don't know. Yeah. It looks like a prison, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it blatantly yeah. looks like, yeah. So so the, so the part what is what's called um, the prison is called the barrier blocks. Okay. So So what that was meant to do was meant to, so there was meant to be, on Cold Harbour Lane was meant to be a motorway. So there was meant to be building a motorway there and their barrier blocks was to, was to block the sound of all, of all the moving traffic. But the person who built the barrier blocks, the, um, the architect, I forgot her name, she built it um, upside down, uh, the, uh, uh, the wrong way around. Yeah. And when she saw it, she committed suicide. Mental. Yeah. So if you actually look, that's actually meant to be on the other side. Wow. That's yeah. a bit of history for you yeah. guys, just in yeah. case you lot didn't know. People didn't know. Yeah. That's the real history. Yeah, yeah. So um, so on my state is, again, like Brixton. So Brixton's predominantly Afro-Caribbean. Yeah. So, um, you know, everyone on my state is either black, light-skinned, very, very rare of like maybe white families, um, and different and different races and cultures. So I literally just remember growing up where, you know, we didn't really have much. So we was kind of getting hand-me-downs. We was used to hand-me-downs. So like trainers for my uncles, we would have like second-hand trainers. If we wanted trainers, 
we used to go to the market and the market would sell the adoras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, them type of things. Yeah, the adoras yeah, yeah. and things with like the hard bubbles yeah. and things like that. And um it was funny because a lot of people don't remember Quicksave. Yeah, yeah. What that's what Morrison's is now or something like that. Quicksave. I don't, I don't, I don't it's like an Iceland sort of yeah, place, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. So Quicksave in my day um used to be a thing called you can rather get the branded stuff or you can get the poor stuff. Yeah, yeah. And my mum's trolley was nothing but the poor stuff. So we was having no, so it was, it was no frills. Mm. So you would get a pack of custard cream biscuits. Yeah. But it would say custard creams and underneath would say no frills. Literally. So, yeah. we, so we would know what was kind yeah, of like, yeah, you see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And literally that was kind of how we kind of grew. You see what I'm saying? I grew in the era of where, you know, um, if parents needed to go to work mm. and you're young, your parents will say, I listen. Yeah. I'm don't off answer to the door to no one. Yeah. The food that I've cooked, save it. Because when I come home, there's not gonna, I ain't cooking for you, I'm gonna yeah. be too tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Straight. that was that yeah. that was how we grew that up. That was the reality. We're, we're like yeah. seven, eight years old and we have to stay in the house. Mm. Don't answer the phone. If bailiff come at the door, yeah, my mum was yeah. like, if you see white people <laughs> at the door, don't answer the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see, if that, any that, of my friends come yeah. here, don't answer the door. Yeah. Wait until I come back from work. Do you see what I'm saying? And what, you see like, when you're saying that, what do you think, how do you think that impacted you? That kind of impacted us to straight survival. Mm. So we knew, so I knew how to look after, I knew how to look after, remember I'm the oldest in my household. Mm. So I, so my mum left me, even though I was young, my mum left me in charge to make sure that my house was clean. The washes was done. The, the, the peas were um, being salt. Mm. From, so from a young age, I knew the basic life skills. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, not to make social services come and, and, yeah, and, and yeah, take yeah. us away. Yeah, yeah. So Do you see what I'm saying? So you're saying, so that taught you life skills from a young yeah, age. Like, yeah. So you felt yeah. responsible from a young age. From, okay. from a very young age. Okay. And obviously because my parents had to work. Yeah, I knew if me and my twin, if we're, if, if we're getting in trouble in school, it takes away my mum's of earnings because the teacher would be like, you have to come into school. Mm. Where my mum cannot go into school. She can't go to work now. Yeah. She has to come to school. What my mum is saying, there's nothing more what I can tell you what the teacher's saying because all I'm seeing right now is I'm losing earnings mm. because of your because of your mishaps. You see what I'm saying? So getting a bit older, um, when we're kind of like hanging around the estate, getting a bit older. Um, what was the estate like? So the estate was good because yeah. everyone was going through the same struggles. Okay. Everybody was getting hand-me-downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if if the ice cream truck comes, if 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 one of the olders don't rob the ice cream truck, yeah. we ain't getting ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If one of the olders ain't licking the shop, we ain't eating. Yeah. So the way how we kind of grew is we all grew not having much, not having money. Mm -hmm. And we knew about doing chores. So if I if I wanted to get, I remember, I remember a pound. One pound was like having a 10 pound. Bottle. Yeah, it could stretch. Cause yeah. that pound yeah. could stretch. You can yeah, get yeah. crisp, drink, sweeties and still have change. Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. So if for, for my mum, remember my mum just didn't give me a pound. She had to give my little brother a pound yeah. or my twin brother a pound. Mm. This is what I'm saying. So we had to make sure we had to do chores. 
And this is where my parents taught us about chores. Also, I was the only family on my whole estate to be growing up with my mum and my dad. Okay. So everyone else was single parent family? Single parent. Okay. And a lot of my friends didn't have a mum or a dad in the house. A lot of my friends, what I was used to, you got to remember, the, the house that we live on, on the estate, mm-hmm. all 600 households on the estate is shaped the same. Mm-hmm. So where the kitchen, where the toilet is, where the rooms are, oh, yeah. it's all the same. Okay. So when I'm going to my friend's house, I'm going into their cupboard to say, where's your sweetie cupboard? Mm-hmm. I've got a sweetie cupboard where I've got sweeties. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm automatically expecting if I go into your house, it's going to be the same. Where's your sweetie cupboard? Yeah. And my lot of friends are like, what are you talking about? What's the sweetie cupboard? Mm. And, and I was about eight years old and I was like, oh, mm. you don't have it how I have it. You, you ain't got bread. If, if I use bread and the bread's finished, I'm not going to go sleep and wake up and see another a bread. Yeah, yeah. Where I was used to eating what I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted, because I thought going to bed and waking back up and I open up the thing, it's a magic trick. Mm, yeah. There's more. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I'm going to my friend's house, there's none. Mm. And Where it, my friend, a couple of my friends, a couple of the men them, mm. the way how they can get money is we had to go, we had to jump on a 159, 159, what we thought was free because it was a hop on and hop yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Their mum was selling themselves on Brixton Hill. Mad. So, so it was a norm to us. Literally jump on a bus, come off and to see pure prostitutes. Yeah. And it was Stretton, pure right? yeah, yeah, of yeah. the mandem's mums. Yeah. And we would literally go there and we look for his mum. Oh, oh mum, can I get a tenner? And then she just moving out bare cash, giving out tenants. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? And that was a norm to us. Is it something that you, you could see at the time? You could realise it was something, was it something, what was it unsaid? Was it how? It was, was all that like? unsaid and it was all in front of the face. Mm. So where I'm going home, my household is like, as soon as I enter into my house, my house is a home. Mm. Where a lot of my friends will come to my house and I'm like, bro, it's like 11 o'clock. It's mm. home time. Mm. Where to one of my brethren's come up to me and was like, bro, you've got PlayStation. You can go into the fridge and get a drink when you want. Mm. And better of all, I'm here having a conversation with a man in the house. Mm. Bro, I was eight years old. And that's when it licked to me. I was like, oh my God, I took this for granted. Mm. my dad is always in my house I can put on the PlayStation do you remember when on PlayStation 1 if he couldn't save the game if he didn't have the memory card there was a memory card mm. do you remember that no. the memory card you put no. the memory card no. in yeah. and then if you don't save the game on that memory card yeah. the game ain't saved it's not like PlayStation now where you can turn off and yeah, lose yeah, it yeah yeah we ha- I had to, I used to leave on my PlayStation and turn off my TV so I don't get cussed by my mum. Mm-hmm. Just so I can come home yeah, yeah, yeah. after school continue and continue yeah, the yeah, game. Yeah, continue the game, yeah. No, my brothers was like, you can do that. 
where I thought that was normal. I thought everyone was doing it. Mm. Where my brethren was like, bro, I'm, I go home and my grandma's too old to have conversation with me. If, I, if we did not go to Woolworths and lick it, mm. my brethren would not have school uniform. A lot of people didn't know Woolworths used to sell school uniforms. Yeah, yeah. From the age of nine and the age of 10, we used to walk to Brixton. And like literally. And lick Woolworths. For your own school clothes. For school clothes. Oh, I was getting guess. school clothes. Yeah. But that's the reality of some that of That was the reality of my bridges. Mm. And my bridges was like, bro, come with me, please. Because you're big. Mm. I learned to steal. Not because I wanted to just steal, but I'm stealing Socks, boxers, mm. shirts, trousers mm. for my brethren to go to school. So, so would you say like your your home? So, what were your parents like in terms of your friends coming around? Was it cool for your friends to be around? It was cool because my parents, my parents' background is always being social work. So they understood. So they understood. Yeah, where. I was kind of saying to my mom, mom, if you was a social worker, how come you didn't pick up when my friend needed mm. needed needed support? Mm. And my mom was like, back then it was different yeah, to how it is now. Yeah. But it's you know what? From obviously from knowing you and knowing what you do, it's mad because you can go back then and then see, like even when you're telling me this now, mm. not knowing this, you can see why it is what you're doing, what you're doing right Literally. now. And actually see it's something that you was doing then. then. Like, even for your parents, having yeah. that hub, having yeah. that place where you know what, oh, it's a madness. Let me talk to someone. Yeah. Do you get it? Like, so you can actually see it like from then till now. So that's mm. looking at that's a, that's a bit of a mad one. It's a bit bizarre, but yeah, so it continues. So like a lot of my friends will come over because they knew. Remember, you see the way how it's funny because we was called fat boys in some of the, Yeah. People thought we were called fat boys because we're just eating all the burgers, all the chips. And it wasn't that. Yeah. My parents used to go work from nine to five. Mm-hmm. And my parents would start cooking food when they get home. So we, would, we was eating the same like everybody else, but we was getting big. So when we got into our Bridgen's house, they're eating at four o'clock. Okay. And I'm okay. like, yeah. huh? It's, it's daylight. Yeah. Dinner at daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, this don't make sense because I was used to eating dinner at night. Okay. I was used to eating my dinner at eight o'clock. And then after eating my dinner, I can watch wrestling, watch Jerry Springer and go to bed and get ready to go to school. Mm. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? And and a lot of my friends would come to my house because they knew eight o'clock is dinner time. Okay. So a lot of my friends had never eaten rice and peas and chicken. Never. Because they didn't have the parents at home. They would literally come to my house. Did your mom cook? Yeah, come to you. Oh, what? Is your dad there? Just to reason with my dad. I was saying, I was like, my dad's annoying, bro. He just does bear chattings. Where people was like, bro, I wish my dad could be chatting. I wish my dad could be here right now. I don't have a clue who my dad is. Yeah. And my mom, bro, you see her. She's on Brixton Hill. And you literally having those conversations and those normal convos. So like when so like when I got older, my parents was like, "All right, um, if you don't want to make pocket money, mm. you have to sweep the floor, Hoover, wash up the dishes, clean the skirting boards." And what I used to do, I used to do that, and I used to save my money. Mm. 
save my money. And then I'll take my next bedroom to quick save. So I learned to budget money from about, this was from about nine, 10. Yeah. I knew how to budget money. So I had bare coins in my pocket. And I'm like, come again, quick save. Because when I'm going into his cupboards, his cupboards like he's just moved in his house. And he's been in the house the same time as I've been in my house. There's nothing in there. So I'm like, no, come, 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 come. Let's walk to quick save. And remember this time we're not licking it. So I've got money now. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to quick save. And I'm buying him burgers. Cause these are all no frills. So yeah. you can get like a pack of burgers for like 55p. So there's like 10 burgers. Yeah. It's like a 10 pack of burgers for like 55p. So I'm buying burgers, bread, um, oil, um, pan, because these times you can buy pan, cutlery was buying. I would literally spend using my whole of my money. Didn't care because it was the best feeling knowing that at least when I'm not here, he's eating. What's that like, to me if I'm listening to this and I'm thinking at a young age, what made you obviously, I suppose, seeing that situation, but seeing your friends in those situations, what made you, what do you think made you the way you are that you from that young age that you was like that, you was just giving them? Do you know what it was? I think it was when the time when one of my other when one of my other brethren was like, bro. I wish I can wake up and be you for a day. And I said, why? He said, bro, because you've got your mum, you've got your dad, you've got carpet, you've got a bed. I was like, that it hit me yeah. from a young yeah. age that proper hit me differently where I learned to appreciate. I learned to appreciate. I learned how to appreciate money from them. I learned to appreciate. Because when I'm going to their house, bro, there was nothing there. Where if they didn't steal, they didn't have. Literally. Because they did not, they can go home whenever they wanted. Mm. Because they didn't have mommy that say, I make sure you at home, buy blah, 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 blah. Do you think, like, listening to what you're saying, do you think a lot of people outside of, like, your, your peers and your friends, do you think a lot of people understand realities that some people are going through or some young kids are going no. through? Because you got to remember, we only live what we see. And all we see is us going to work, doing what we're doing and going home. If somebody calls us, that's a new vision to what we're actually seeing. If you call somebody and say, I oh, you know, I'm going through it, you know, then that person's actually going to really, he's actually going to be like, oh my God, he's actually going through it. But you could have been going for it three months and you, he wouldn't have a clue because mm. you're coming into wherever you're coming in, you're coming with a smile on your face. That is what we live every day. And this is why I always say to people, give somebody a call for no reason. Don't wait for somebody to say that they're going through some shit for you to be like... Yeah, then you, then you reach out. Yeah. Yeah, how are you doing? Are you all right? Mm. Bro, reach out to somebody you've not spoken to and see how they're doing. Because you never know what somebody's going through. And these kids... Who was on my state, at least 15 to 20 of them was going through some struggles, bro. Going through some struggles where if they ain't coming to my house, they ain't eating. If they're not going to school, remember we used to go to school and my brethren used to like, he used to like it when it was flapjack day. He used, they used to like it when it was um, cake and custard because these men would ask not for custard, but ask for cake and pull it in a tissue and take it home. And I never understood why. And now I understand. Because it will be easier for them to take it home 
And then once they're hungry before they go to bed, they can eat it. Yeah. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is why I was like when like when Marcus Rashford was talking about um free school meals, there's a lot of people that don't understand that people rely on free school meals. And you know what? You know what's interesting, like you're saying this, even like let's just say we're from where we're from, we're from, I know, Peckham, Brixton, these so-called deprived areas. You can be from there and not even understand that. Do you get what yeah. I'm saying? Because even when you're saying this to me, I'm from where I'm from, but that, yeah. that that's not really a reality I know. Like, do you know what I mean? There's yeah. other realities I know. Yeah. But that's in particular thinking, oh, being young and mm. being nine years old, 10 years old, and you have to really fend for yourself and mm. you haven't got money to get food yeah. and taking yeah. food from um, from school. Yeah. I'm like, you're saying it to me now and I'm like, oh, like, that's a bit nuts. Trust like, me. really, I'm... And I've got friends like that, but then yeah. I never really saw that. I yeah. saw the other side, like your yeah. mum's on the road doing yeah, certain yeah, things, yeah. your dad's on the road. Yeah. So yeah. when you're saying that, I'm like, yeah. it's really, I don't know, it's really hitting me in terms of when you think of young people, you, you think of kids, like, yeah, yeah. that's one thing you think they should always have is food yeah. at the bare minimum. I'm not yeah. saying you have to have these Jordans or this or that, mm. but food, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like just nourishment, do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. just having that. So when you're saying this, I'm like, wow. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's taking yeah. me back a bit, but yeah, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, so it was like, so kind of getting older is when, cause you know, the kids nowadays, like I've got two kids and my daughter is 12 and my son is seven. I pressure them, I'm like, go outside. Yeah. Go make a go make a tree yeah. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go and get Concord. They don't know about Concords yeah. and they don't yeah, know about like that, you know. Conkers and all that. They don't like, know about none of them Mar- things. I was having this conversation the other day about marbles and all marbles, sorts. Marbles, yeah. pound yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm saying to them, go on out of yeah. road. Like, yeah. I used to say to my mum, yeah, mum, I'm going outside. I'm brother. We're in Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're bunk the train, the non-stop train, because if expectors come, only thing you can do is say, get off the train and we're already in Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? That was my childhood. But these youths don't know. So when, when I'm saying the stories and people are looking at it like, what, nine, ten? Bro, I was allowed out to play. The only thing I was not allowed to do was to come out of the estate. Yeah. But my estate was big anyway. It was a thing if I was being rude on the estate, one of the one of the um, parents are allowed to lick me. Yeah, yeah, one of them ones. Yeah, 100%. They're allowed to lick me and then go to my mum and say, I licked your child. Yeah. Because, where, 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 where. Do you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, cool. So, getting a bit older, um, this is when I was more introduced to youth clubs. So, when, so now, when we're going to the youth club now, um, the youth club, we, we, we kind of realised that if you wanted to go on to different activities, you had to be the bad kid. Only the bad kid was able to um, go to services like um, key, like to have a key worker, to go on P... Remember when I was talking to you about um, about the um, PAYE? Yeah, 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 yeah. All of those things, what was, what was in Lambeth was only targeted at the hard to reach, what it was called... Hard, hard to, to reach, reach kids. Or what I like to say, mis- easy, easily misunderstood. Yes. Yeah. So we knew if you wanted to go Margate for the day, Brighton, Alton Towers, all these things, but we, it was way out of our price range and it would definitely never, ever, ever happen for us. You have to act up. You have to act up. Mm. So we was just like, can we act up then? 
can we just steal some mopeds, get nicked? And then when we get nicked, yeah. remember, it wasn't a thing where if you get nicked, um, you go straight to yacht, you will get a key worker. Yeah. And then a key worker will be like, so how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm stressed out. I need clothes. Here's vouchers for clothes. Look at I'm that. stressed out. I need food. Here's Tesco vouchers. So you're doing bad to be rewarded. Because I'm a, that's the only yeah. way we have to yeah. be rewarded. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So we will do stupid stuff, get nicked, go to the cells. Are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Seeing the same thing ones, on the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah. Getting always always asking for hot chocolate. Can I get a hot chocolate please? Can I get a hot chocolate please? Can I get a hot chocolate please? Get pure yeah. hot chocolates until you do your interview. And then they say, okay, because of your age, you're gonna get a key worker. And we're like, yes, we've got a key worker now. So because like, the key really? worker, the key worker is gonna batch. Trainers is gonna get us. I mean, this is from the age of like 10 to about, I think that service was from about 10 to about 18, 19. So you're learning, like, even at that age, you're learning how to manipulate the system, manipulate. as it were. But yeah. literally, because you're suffering or going through certain things, it's not like you're doing it to be bad. You're doing it to get... To get to get services. Yeah. And I was just like, why does the bad kids always get rewarded? The good kids who's actually being good don't get anything. Mm-hmm. So what I decided to do is it was six weeks holiday. And um, this is when I realised that I was severely dyslexic. So even till today, I find it hard to read and write. So when I was in school, um, I was quite lucky to have a lot of friends who would do my work for me, um, do my coursework for me. That's literally how I got through, got through school. So I used to watch my, um, my key worker and I see him call up four pot. No, he called up Orton Towers. I was like, hi, you know, my name is Mr. Richards. I'm calling from Kingsdale School. Um, there is 35 kids here who would never, ever be experienced to be go to Orton Towers. And is there any way you can donate tickets? You got tickets? I was like, what the hell? Yeah. So I said, okay. Man, we didn't have Google. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have phones. We had yellow pages. The yellow, oh, old school. Went home, got the yellow pages. Looked for Orton Towers. Hi, how you doing? My name is Solomon Smith. I'm calling from Moreland's Youth Community Centre. Um, and I'm just phoning just to say that there's 52 kids who would never experience going to Orton Towers. Is there any way you can donate some tickets? They said, yeah, what address? Gave them my mum's address. They sent me tickets. Well, how old are you now? How old are you? I was 13. Yeah. I was like, okay. Remember, I don't know how to spell coach. So I'm looking for K on, on, on the yellow pages for coach. And I'm like, I can't find coach. I can't find coach. So I walked out Brixton and Brixton these times used to be coaches left, right and center. And that's when I realized coach was spelled with a C. Yeah, yeah. So I got the number, you know, back in the days when you're getting girls numbers, you have to write it on the back of yeah, your bus yeah, pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got the back of the bus pass and I'm writing the coach number. I go home and I'm like, hi, my name is Solomon Smith. And I've literally, I'm a youth worker for Moreland's Youth Community Center. And I've literally been donated um, 52 tickets to go to Orton Towers. But there's no way of us getting there. Is there any way you can donate um, a coach for us to get there? Yeah. They said, cool. Great calls. Fantastic. I was like, what the hell is going on? How did I do that? I was able to get 52 people 
from not just my state, but from the local area in Brixton, yeah. who has never been to Alton Towers. To get to Alton Towers, get back, get food, yeah, and to having a great time. What to what? Like you know what? Because it's like it's fascinating when I'm hearing this. So what made you? Where do you think that came from? Just having that that mindset to say, you know what? Let me get on the phone. Let me call them. I heard my teacher do that. It was me. My dyslexia makes me able to see something and to do it. I was able to drive, not being taught, but able to see my dad using the pedals. Waiting for my dad to sleep or want a spliff. So I know he's not taking his keys to do the exact same thing. I mashed up bare times, but I learned to drive. Would you say you're a risk taker? 100%. Mm. And from a very young age, I didn't mind failing. A lot of people are scared to fail. Yeah. I didn't mind failing because that would be the best teacher. That would be the best teacher. And I've literally won more than I failed because I just done it and just took the risk. Mm. I just done it and took the risk. Whatever happens, happens. So when I actually got two Orton Towers... One of the representatives who kind of gives you the pass is yeah. like, oh, I need to speak to the to the organizer. And I'm like, I am the organizer. I was like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 13. I said, how they, they he walked to mom and said, How the hell did you do this? How did you organize all of this? The coach? The yeah. How how? I said, I don't know, but I've done it. That day is when I was like, I don't, it doesn't matter because I can't read and write. Mm. It means I can't do something. And then from then is when I started, I was the first, I don't know if you would remember, there'll be a thing called the Big Community Give Back by the National Lottery. That was one of their f- first funding pots before they done Woods for All. Mm. From the age of 13, I looked on my state and I was like, this is when the Matrix come out. And I was like, bro, this is like the Matrix, bro, man. Every day we wake up, it's hot. That same ice cream van comes down. The stolen club nighty, zing, zing. The cars come, the feds come run. It's the same Same thing every day. Yeah, yeah. But then when I'm walking through my state, and I've got my man playing with his music, he's got his decks. There's a woman, she's cooking jerk chicken. There's someone over there doing hair. So I was like, okay, we've got this big greenery here. If we get everything to pull it all in the greenery, that's a community event. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can get some funding to do it. So I spoke to one of the youth workers who was always talking about, there's no funds to do it. So that's how yeah, I learned yeah, about funding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Miss what can we go go-karting? There's no funds. They never said there's no money. The funding didn't come through. I was like, what's funding? Funding is where they pay for us to go and do these things. These things are not free. To you, when you think it's free, it's not free. It's costing someone some money. So where does funding come from? Oh, it comes in a government pot. So what is this government pot? I used to ask questions. Asking loads of questions, yeah. So then when a a woman always said to me, the best ones to always go for is, is the national lottery. And I was like, okay. Went on the national, uh, I called up the national lottery and I said again, hi, my name is Alice Smith. I'm calling, I'm from, um, I'm a youth worker for um, Moreland's Youth Community Centre. And 
Um, I want to put on a community event on, on, on one of your estates, the pride. So I remember when I'm hearing them talking, they're talking all these key words. Deprived, black, criminals, guns, gangs. Yeah. So I'm coming from Moreland's Community Center where it's high risk of guys joining gangs, high risk of deprived, people's not eating, da 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 da. And they was like, okay. To them, it's like they're having an orgasm. Like, okay, oh, yes, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you like to do? I would like to put on a community event to get all the um, all of the cultures together. Okay, how much would you need? The first thing that comes to my head, two thousand pounds. Don't know why. I do not know why. I just said two thousand pounds. They said okay. Get us an account and we'll pull it in there. I was like, oh. remember, I could have blew the money on whatever I wanted. So when they actually put the money in my mom's account, my mom said, there's two grand in my account, you know? Why is there two grand in yeah. my account? Why is there two grand in my account? <laughs> Remember, my mom's never seen this yeah, type yeah, of bread yeah. before. Yeah. So I'm like, mom, giving us money because I'm going to do a community event. So I knew about keeping receipts. Remember, I'm 13, about keeping receipts, um, getting a bigger sound system. So I'm paying you, invoice me, give me an invoice. You're going to do hair? Yeah. Do you want to go and get more stuff in Brixton? Give me an invoice. You want to go and get chicken? Let's go out Brixton and see how much for a box of chicken. We want 10 boxes. You, you're going to clean it. You're going to season it. You're going to jerk it. Give me an invoice on how much all of that costs. So I was able to pay people. I was able to get receipts. I was able to hold receipts. I was able to do evaluations because I've seen my um, Loughborough Youth Club do it. So I was able to have everything in a folder. So when I actually said, put the lab, put the music on and put the speakers, because the barrier blocks are facing that way, turn the speakers that way so it bounces off. So if I walk out Brixton, yeah. I can hear loud music. Yeah. Make sure you're not just got one jerk pan. I need three of them so people can smell and they want to come to hear. I'm not promoting it. Not one. I'm not, there's not one flyer I'm making. I want people to hear it, smell, smell it. it and come here yeah. and see what is going on. That's it. That was the first time I've ever seen my state like that vibrant in my life, where it was not the same matrix every day. I took pictures. I, I, um, these, these are the times I used to take pictures and go to Woolworths and then they would print off the pictures yeah, yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. I got the pictures, kept it for myself. I still got two today. And I also sent it off to the National Lottery with, with me getting people saying, Oh my God, I loved it. It was amazing. Gave them all the receipts. They said, this was a success. Next year, my mom was like, why is there two grand in my account? <laughs> and then the year after, why is there two grand in my account? How, well, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop you right there. So what was that feeling like when these, when these events were taking place? And the fact that you knew, like, even when you said you got to Alton Towers and they're like, where's the team leader? And it's you you actually being successful with these events and what you were seeing, what was that feeling like for you as a young man? The feeling is like, is, is like the best vibrant feeling in your heart that you can ever feel. When I took a step back and I looked from far, that everybody is smiling and vibrant and they're just thinking, I can't believe this is happening. And I made that happen. Mm was the best feeling in the world. You know, and then the more I'm getting older, so remember I'm 13, 14, 15, 16, 
I done it into us into our seventeen where that fun stopped happening. Yeah. So when the fun stopped happening is when that literally stopped happening. So when I'm now, 16, and what was it 17, like? Sorry, what was it like at the events? Like man, I mean, uh, there any trouble? It, or it was no, calm. There was no yeah. trouble. You know, it was just more and more people coming. You know, I was just known for the guy that puts on Alton Towers trips. I was to always have Alton Towers trips. Yeah. And I was the guy that always had, um, always doing community events. So everyone was like, when's the next one? When's the next one? I'm like, summer, yeah. summer, summer, yeah, summer, yeah. summer. The more I got older is the more now when, you know, when you have to go connections. So you go connections, you do your CV, um, you meet, you, you get, so I'm still getting in trouble. Because, I, because again, me still getting in trouble means I can get higher rewards. So the higher rewards now is when you go and get like a yacht worker and you get a social worker. So the social worker now is now saying, well, right, like, I can help you to get a hostel. I didn't want to leave my mums. But a lot of my brethren's moved out and literally got their, own, got, got their own hostel. And then when they got their house is when they will transition from the social worker and go to kids' company. Okay. Because yeah, we yeah. weren't that yeah, kids' yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we weren't at kids yeah, company. We was at like, kids company. The Beckham team. We know why. We know why. Must have been. Yeah, I know kids company because yeah. all the Peckham boys. So I went Kings though. Mm. So all the Peckham boys in my school were fresh to death. I'm talking brand new Avax jackets. They had one tens machine old jeans. That, you hear that, dude? Can you hear that? Can you hear what you're saying? I'm you're saying? like, no. How is all the pecking? And they're coming in with typhoons, yeah. with one, two, fives. I'm like, how are these you so fresh to death? Because the kids' company. Yeah. And we're thinking, we won't go kids' company, but if you wake up, Peckham. Yeah, one. You the furthest of Peckham, I was gone because my bridges, a lot of bridges in my class were from Peckham. So they were from like Meeting House Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to Meeting House Lane, and I'm like, Take me to Yellow Brick. I want to go Yellow Brick. I want to see what Yellow Brick looks like. <laughs> take me to take me to North Pickham Estates. So I'm going there with him. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And then I remember, bro, when they took me to Katie's, all my days, I've never tasted nothing like it. Remember, we had Morley's, but Katie's was nuts, was different. You see what I'm saying? But for, for, so when, when Kids Company transitioned to, um, when they come to like now around Brixton side, so there was like round before they come to Brixton, I think there was in like um, Tower Hill or Tower Bridge side. Yeah. So we was kind of safer kind of going over there, innit? So we'll kind of go over there, they'll help us with the housing, they'll help us with vouchers, things like that. Service service was amazing. Service was super amazing. Um, so kind of like from there is when I'm kind of doing more youth work. So I'm kind of, now leaving, no, I was literally, because of the amount of stolen mopeds I was kind of stealing, is when I got an That was your thing, like, licking yeah, mopeds, yeah. Just licking, but the, I, yeah. weren't, I weren't licking the good mopeds, I was licking the Edith Club and, 90s, and yeah. the, 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 like, like the gay yeah, ones. Yeah. I literally just going up, down, up, down, until feds come. And when feds come, we might get away or we don't get away. But it got to the point where feds, We'll see, yep, you're the biggest out of the group. We know who we know where you live. We don't we're even gonna run you down. Just run up in my house at like four o'clock in the morning. And then I'm getting nicked. When my mom's getting stressed out, saying, bruv, the amount of time I hope my dog's been kicked down, I'm getting peed off now, innit? So the more I'm now getting older, I'm getting to like 
15, 16, is where there was like, you're becoming a nuisance. We woke up and the house was boarded up. And they said, you need to leave. Your whole, your mum, you're getting evicted. And this is the time when- Is that legal then? I don't think it was even, I don't think it was even legal. They said, you got a meeting. We had a meeting on our estate. And they said, we're going to introduce you to a youth worker who was Julia Wharton and um, a local police who was Toby. Yeah. Now, everybody knows Toby from Brixton. Everybody, he was the commander. Toby was the realest police we have ever dealt with in life. He was so real, he was like, bro, if I ever get a call for the bull crap that you're doing and I told you not to do it, yeah. you're getting it. Straight. You're getting it. Because I took because I, my job is I'm I'm still I'm still a PC. But he was a cool, he was like a proper cool, he was like a youth worker. He was proper like a youth worker. So a proper community, not just a the proper people. community, yeah. man. He will yeah. come and he will yeah. walk around. He's not trying to snoop and trying to get man nicked out. He's he was proper. He was proper. But I met with Jula, and Jula was like, Solomon, what what do you want? And I said, I want to work with young people and I want to get young people out of crime. And, and she was like, do you know what we should do? Let's set up a project. And we called it the exit project. So the exit project now is where we will go into different estates because these times, bus passes used to cost one pound. Remember the red bus pass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when I was now exposed to different areas because I'm utilizing my pound. I'm going Chakadero. I'm getting on a bus to Bow because I don't know what Bow is. I'm getting on a bus to Hackney because I don't know what yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm exploring because when I was able to go to Kingston, because the only Kingston I knew is when everybody says, where's your parents from in Jamaica? Everyone would say Kingston. So I'm thinking, have we got a Kingston over here? Where, what's that like? Yeah. Bro, when I'm going to Kingston and Richmond and going to those areas there, it looked different. Houses are bigger. There's not one. If we're hungry and we're in Kingston, we are screwed. Yeah, it's finished. Because our two pound is not buying chicken and chips. Nah, there's no chicken and chips. There's no there. chicken and chip shops yeah. around there. If I'm in Hackney, there's not a Morley's, but and there's, there's yeah. not a Katie's. So there's a chicken. And but there's, there's a chicken, chicken and chip shop. Yeah, of course. And there's a if cookies. I go Peckham, there's a chicken and chip shop, and this is when from the age of 15 to 17 is when I started to realize how this stuff works. I'm starting to realize in all these areas that Peckham was predominantly Africans. There's a lot of African shops, but there's also a lot of greasy shops. I'll go into Streatham, where it's a bit uptown, where you're still getting Greasy shops, but there's shops like Waitrose. I'm going to Ballum, where it's straight up, up close. But then it will take us straight down to the gutter. And then we're going over to like, we're going over to like, um, to like Tootin, where it's predominantly Asians. Mm. And they've got nothing but Asian shops. And then 
you're staying on the bus and it takes you to, um, it takes you to, um, what's that one after Tootin? Well, like Merton, Merton, Mitchum. Mitchum, and it looks different. Yeah. And I'm like, huh? So when I'm coming off, I'm literally going onto these estates. This estate looks like my estate. Yeah, all over. Tottenham, Hackney, all of these places. It that, looks all yeah. the same. Yeah. I, went, I remember from, from about 15, I went to one estate called Pembry Estate. Just walking, being fast. And I'm walking and then I'm like, it looks exactly like Samaritan. I'm mm. going Angel Town. It looks like Samaritan. I'm going Loughborough. It looks like Samaritan. Mm. So that's when I was more clued up to realise different areas have the exact same problem. And do you think that's by design? 100%. Because when my mum said she was put here, she said, I didn't choose to be here. I was put here. When I'm now older and I'm bidding for my yard, big man, they ain't put me in no nice area. It might be a nice, might be a nice new build, yeah. but it's still going to be in these areas where a school is going to be no more than two miles away. I went to Kingsdale and Kingsdale was in Southwark. But now there's a, a secondary school outside of your house. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? So when I just got older, I was like, I want to do more youth work. I want to work with young people, getting them out of their situations, cooking, doing more cooking for more people, budgeting, teaching people about budgeting, because a lot of people used to sell food. So, you know, the Percy bags when they had, you know, I don't yeah, know if you remember, yeah, the yeah, remember the Percy and bags. And then everyone had bare Benzes in there. The Benzes looked like three fives. Yeah. And then they, they were go, they already had that. So I said, yeah. how could we use that and turn it into business? You guys have to pick up you have to break it down. You have to sell to make profit. So we created a um, we created a project what taught people about buying a bulk of hats, putting a design on them, breaking it down, selling it, and making profit. Where we stopped a lot of people selling drugs and getting into business. So from that. Um, I've worked for Lambeth. So I worked as a um, youth support worker. So I've done that from the age of 18 to about 24, 25. Um, working, working. And then my manager at the time was like... Sorry, one thing I want to ask you. Because like you're telling me about the journey, do you, would you say, did you have any mentors in your life? And if so, who were they? Um, I would say the mentors, yeah. So I had um, like Julia. So Julia, she's AJ Tracy's mom. So we, so we met AJ Tracy from a very young age where she would take us to her area and she would be like, look at the youth clubs in, in Labber Grove. Mm. They were completely different to, to the youth centers over here. So they had more facilities where we was just painting and tuck shop and clay making where they're computers they've got studio they've got all these things where i'm thinking this is a, yeah this is mad yeah, so right. yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. services are been nuts over here where she was like the projects that we're doing is nothing like this in lambeth so a lot of the mentors were like my managers because a lot of the manager a lot of my managers were ex-roadmen Lambeth was very good at the time of, of employing 
ex-road men to be youth workers. And I so think at that time, experiences yeah, that, that you could actually relate to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was like, that was the best youth workers. That was the best youth work for me at the time. Um, Sorry, so, st- staying on that subject, do you think it's, do you think it's something that's really important in terms of, I think we touched on it um, off camera about having it being relatable, like in terms of the people that you work with or yeah. your aspirations, being able to see people yeah. that are the same as you. It's something that I, I think I've mentioned in other podcasts, you, like what you can't see, you can't be. 100%. Do you get what I'm saying? So do you, touching on that point. I used strong. to get annoyed when a new youth worker will come into Loughborough and it was a, a youth worker who was very good at reading and writing. Mm. You only got the job because you're and you're excellent at the interview. But you're a crap youth worker. You don't know how to relate to these kids. You're just very good at doing interviews. That's like when I got older, I met people who was brilliant at getting funds but couldn't do the work. Mm. And for myself, who's, who's severely dyslexic, I can't do the forms. But I'm brilliant at doing the work. And what used to annoy me is when we'll be at the youth club and we're like, oh, this new guy, we're going to terrorise him. Because you can smell it, isn't it? You can see. They're going to terrorise you. Make sure you don't leave your car key. Make sure you don't leave nothing lying around because I guarantee you're not going to be here for more than two months. And every striking youth worker who didn't know the actual ropes of relating to young people who's not eating when they go home, Forget about, don't get me wrong. And this is this was a conversation I was having with another youth worker. Safeguarding and all of that sounds amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's good. But safeguarding and all these policies cannot relate to a young person who is not going home and is not eating. Mm. 100%. It's great that you know these, these, these books. It's good. I went to uni to learn Maslow's theory. Big up Maslow's theory. But big man, for someone who's going home and he has to walk with a shank, Maslow's theory is not helping. Yeah. Don't turn back theories. And, and the guy actually said, you see, Solomon, this is why, you know, you're going to be a different type of youth worker. I'm like, bro, I'm a real youth worker, bro. I'm not, a, I only went to uni so I can keep my job. Lambeth was sacking people left, right and centre because there was not qualified and I keep and I was keep on saying to people forget about the qualification bro go for people who can do the work don't employ me because of my interview because my interview sucks employ me because I can do the work employ me because I can do the work but do you think it's about so saying that I'm looking at it and looking from an outsider's point of view do you think it's about finding a balance also in terms of 100% we can have the lived experiences but sometimes what I find in, how do I put this? What I find in a lot of organisations within the community, mm. sometimes we haven't got the other stuff. We can do the work, but sometimes we haven't got the other stuff in terms of what you need to draw down funding, what you need to be accessible to certain things, what you need to document. I will be honest and say yes or no. Reason why I will say yes or no, I only went to uni not to work with young people. I already know how to work with young people. I just went to uni, so when I go to the interview, 
I'm going to be like, bro, I'm going to broke up all these kids. They kids are good if I'm working here, you know? Yeah. But you don't care about that. All you care about is if I've got a degree. And yeah, I've got a 2-1. I've got a 2-1. And all you hear is that I've got a 2-1. That means nothing to me. Because when, I, when I'm now working, my 2-1 means nothing. Mm. I'm now, I now have to talk to these young kids. I can't talk to them two. I can't talk to them 2-1 talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't talk to them <laughs> with my degree. <laughs> I'm talking to them with like young people. And the problem has always begun is when people saying, I can understand about the experience. The experience, 100% I agree with. But bro, don't employ me because you made me go uni just so you can say what qualifications do you have? Mm-hmm. When I was seeing all these kids being failed because these guys didn't want to do the qualifications, I'm seeing kids saying, well, the one guy I could relate to is no longer here. So do you think this is something that's bigger than just, the, the, like, let's just go away from youth work. Do you think it's something even within teaching, 100%. within education? Do you think there, because it's a conversation I've had many times and I said, sometimes I think people's lived experiences, there should be a way that people can get qualified through the practical work they do so that they can be in these, these positions. 100%. Because even with teachers nowadays, not to put a slant on teachers, but... They're just following a guideline. It's not like they, doing they haven't got the, the time. Book. They haven't got the time to sit down and really teach you. So they're just following a book where if you train other people up in a certain way, they can do that. So do you think it's something that needs to be reviewed in terms of... 100%. Yeah. 100% because we, myself, I lost a lot of good youth workers who was working with me, understood me, knew how to work with me because there was like, I ain't going to college. I'm a big man. What am I doing in college? And they literally lost their job to a Sally who was very good at understanding the lecturer and yeah. doing the work, but not knowing yeah. how to work with young people. She will stay in the office like, no, oh my God, these kids, they're aggressive. Yeah. And they're just there talking about, yes, I scored, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sally will be like, no, no, I'm scared. And I'm like, Sally, it's okay. They just scored. <laughs> yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 of course. Those are the ones who would always get the job those are the ones who would always get the funding. So, um, Sally, we was talking about, you were saying about labels. Sally, and we was talking off camera, um, we was just having a, a, quite an interesting conversation with the team. We was talking about labels. And yeah. I feel like coming where we're coming from, mm-hmm. one of the things that I've always tried and empower the young people to believe mm-hmm. is not let these labels define you. Yeah, Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. someone like, like oh, well, I'm Muslim. I'm a father, mm. I'm a Tottenham fan. Mm. So there's a lot of things that go with that. Yeah. But then I feel like a lot of these things, like my faith, yeah, yeah that defines me because mm. it guides me in terms of mm. some of my decisions and my, some of my moral, the moral aspects. But mm. what do you think, like someone that, like you said, you've already said that like, having severe dyslexia yeah. and that label and that what's attached with that, what do you think about that in terms of the labels that were given? I would say, like, especially like when I was younger, I think the main labels people were using then was ADHD. Mm. Not knowing that every youth that you're dealing with are going through the same struggles. So they're they're coming to school, meeting all these head teachers, teachers are that coming from lovely homes and backgrounds. When you're reaching these kids and they're coming home and they're late, you're not understanding that they had to bring the sister to the nursery. Yeah. They had to go and bring, make sure bread is back at home. Mm. So when they come home, all you can say is, Andre, you're late. 
Mm. And he used to stay down, shut up, man. Mm. And then and then the teacher's just gonna be going, Yeah. I think he's ADHD. Yeah, one not, not what, what he's actually going what he's through. Actually going through. Do you what, see what he's saying? actually being older than his time because yeah. a lot of times when kids are left, the responsibilities they have, especially for their siblings, mm-hmm. like you saying, being the, the elder, yeah. but like even with you, I'm not even talking about your siblings, it seems like up until now, even in your journey, you've always felt a sense of responsibility for yeah. other people. Yeah. And I can see that, like how that compassion that you have for your friends when you're yeah. telling your story about, yeah. oh, you know what, I'm going out there, I'm, yeah. I'm rubbing stuff so my friends got things. Yeah, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? I think yeah. that sort of quality yeah, and yeah. that, it's that responsibility. No stuff. You know what I mean? So it was just like, you know, um, so it was like, for me, like, I remember like my, my youth workers, or should I say my managers at the time, they'll be like, oh, like, you know, someone like, everything you've done throughout your whole life, why don't you go to uni? I'm like, what? How can I go to uni? Bro, I left school with, remember, my highest grade in school was an E. Yeah. And I worked hard. I mean, I worked hard. Uh, I want to answer a question. Sorry to cut you. When you was in school, because I remember when I was in school, we had a thing like, you know, you had different sets. Yeah. Top set. Um, like, so you'd have, like, there was four sets, A, B, C, and D. Yeah. So depending on what level you're at. Did you have that in your school at the yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, So I remember, like, in the fir- from first to third year, they'd call, like, your grades. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the year, there'll be, yeah, science. Yeah. Charles, you're saying you got a... They'd yeah. say you're great. Did you have that yeah. at your school? Yeah, yeah. Can you take yourself back to that time? What was that feeling like when you're getting like cat grades and you're in front of your peers? Well, I was, you know, I would say when I was in year seven, I was more embarrassed. I was in the middle set and I was only in the middle set because of my behavior. I was very good at just being good. My twin on the other hand, Bloodseed, he is different. Yeah. Bad breed from primary school. So he was in the lower set, only because of his, only because of his behavior. So when we used to go to the reading club, me and my brother would be, we would, I remember when, when we're reading, they would say your reading level of you being in year eight is of an eight-year-old. Mm. I was, and I was like, so you, as a teacher, you told me this, but you still left me. You still left me in the wild. You left me to go back into my into my original classes, knowing yeah. I had a reading level of an eight-year-old. Yeah, it's madness. As a 12, 13-year-old. What's boy. that feeling though? That's what I'm trying to draw upon. What's that feeling? What's that feeling that you if they didn't give, you? if they didn't care, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Because if I go home and I say to my mom, mom, I'm finding it hard, she says I'm being lazy. You ain't trying. My dad is saying, bruv, I'll box you. And I was just like, left, right, and center, bro. I'm just getting, I'm just getting it. I literally physically cannot get what the teacher's saying. And when I'm talking to my mom and my dad, because the teacher's saying that he's not trying hard enough is why my parents are saying I'm not trying hard enough. Mm. My parents apologized to me when I got into university, because I actually done a psycholo- I done a psychologically a psychologist report, mm. what said your level of dyslexia is so high 
we don't think you're able gonna even to finish this course. My mum cried. I was like, I'm sorry. How did that sorry. Make, how did that make you feel? It made me feel it it made me feel very good, but at the same time sad because I was failed. I'm not failed by my parents, but I was failed by the teachers who could have said to my parents that I, I needed extra help. Because when they class dyslexia, they class dyslexia is that you need extra time. And I'm saying, what are you giving me more time for? Mm. Are you giving me more time for to literally sit down and wonder what's going on? Time is not what's needed. When I went to university, the, the level of help that they gave me was so needed. They gave me someone to sit in, they gave someone to sit next to me to listen to my tutor, to write down all of the key points what he was saying. I had a dictaphone, what only picked up the lecturer. And then that lecturer, I can plug it into the laptop that they gave me, what would pull it out on a Word document and read it back to me. I had a book, a book scanner, so I could put any book onto the book scanner and it would read it to me. I would highlight the bits I needed. All of those things that they gave me helped me go through university. Did it help with your confidence in terms of... 100%. It helped me to want to go to the library. I used to look at people on the bus and in the underground reading a book and just being like, they're, they're involved in the book. Yeah. I was jealous. Because I would look at a book and I'd be like, what the hell is this? This is pure words that I don't understand. And when I'm seeing people in the book of the scan, no, you want to be that person. I want to be like that. Yeah, yeah. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So when I had that now, I was more excited to go to the library and listen to books. Mm. I was more, it helped me, because remember, because remember, I didn't get, because of my grades in school, I'd never got into college. I don't know what college's life is like. So I, so when, when my tutors are telling me to do essays, I'm like, bro, what is an essay? How, I don't know how to structure that. I've, all of these people in my class, they've been college, so they yeah, know how to structure I don't know how to structure yeah. So I literally had, I had someone with me who would write my essays, say, Solomon, what do, I, what do you want me to put in there? What theories, et cetera. And literally, that's the day when, um, because my, my, the, the, um, the course I'd done was Applied Social Science and Youth and Community. So when I'd done that, um, every year they give you a work placement. So you got to do 250 hours. So when I done my work placement, they said, Solomon, you've done two years in a youth club. You cannot work in a youth club. It has to be something within the community, but it cannot be a youth club. Yeah. And that's when I was like, I want to work in a homeless shelter. And I worked in a homeless shelter called a 999 club in Deptford. And while I was there, the woman said, it's going to take you some time to get used to what's kind of going on. I got involved in 0.5 seconds. I literally was hands-on. I got, and again, it brought it back to my, me observing mm. what's going on. Basically, got a food bank there. They got cloth bank getting in donations. Okay, they get people coming in. All right. They need something like this in Brixton. Yeah. So, I've done my dissertation. 
8,000 words. Got mad help with that. The day I handed in my dissertation was the day I started Bricks and Soup Kitchen. So, sorry, for people that don't know it, what is Brixton Soup Kitchen? So Brixton Soup Kitchen is a service. I try to, I always say like 100 services in one building. Reason why I say 100 services in one building, because for me, if I needed to go and look for work, I had to go to Connections. If I needed um, um, housing support, I had to go to housing. If I needed to go and um, look for work, I had to go to the job centre. So everything was quay from each other. How can I create everything? And again, working for Lambeth, if you was a guy who was from Southwark, you couldn't access our service. I was the youth worker, what would say, you're not from Southwark. I'm going to oh, be okay. down as yeah, yeah. thingy because I want you to go on this trip. And I didn't know why I had to be that youth worker. So I learned from all of these places that I didn't like that I wanted to create a service what wasn't, is everything that I liked. I wanted everything to be in one building. This is the reason why we got um, this is the reason why we got a, a food bank on site. We have massage therapy. We do we do employment workshops. We've got job search. We've got computering. We've got um, we've got we do training to kind of get people um, to do like their food level um, hygiene. We've got a chef on site. We've got a food bank. We've got a clove bank. We've got a trainers bank. We do gardening. We do gardening workshops. Um, we've got a podcast upstairs. Many services in one building. Do you, do you think while you were studying, obviously it was all part of your journey, like the stuff you've been doing since a kid, like caring for people, trying to empower people. You've always done that, even feeding. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like going to uni and them saying, oh, you've been doing the youth work, you can't do that no more. Do you think that's what then pushed you to say, you know what, I'm coming out of this yeah. and then working at that place? 100%. Okay. 100%, you know, because I always was doing the feeding. I was always giving, um, feeding the homeless. So even like when I was going to school, my parents would cook. Like I said, my parents would, would cook rice and peas and chicken, but my parents are cooking it in a big pot. And there's only four of us in the house. I would say, why are you cooking so much food? And I used to contain, you know, like old ice cream containers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to contain food on my way to school and I used to give it to the homeless. That used to piss me off. No, sorry, I'm going somewhere else. That used to piss me off. <laughs> you know, you would go in your fridge, like, yeah. like thinking, oh yeah, there's butter in this thing. I'm going to get butter. Like, you open it up <laughs> and it's rice. like, it's rice and it's chew. Yeah, like, you're yeah, like, yeah. why can't my mum just buy containers? Like, why are you like recycling everything? Like, yeah. sorry, that just took me somewhere yeah, else. But yeah, yeah go yeah. on. Yeah, go so, on. So. My mum used to have a cupboard of just bare empty containers. And yeah. Literally, I was just like, do you know what? I was like in year seven. And in year eight, for the whole year. And I literally used to contain food, walk out of Brixton, and give it out to the homeless. Give it out to the homeless. And I literally stopped doing that when I was in year nine, because year eight is when I realised I was very popular in school. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was mainly popular because we was the fat twins from Brixton, Summer Layton, and everyone was just like, and all of the olders from my estate was in Kingsdown. So they was like, hey, you man. These are the young Gs. And the more that was going around was the more I was more popular in school. So I used my popularity for good. I hate seeing people. I've never, even though I was big, I was never bullied. I don't know what being bullied feels like, Mm. but I know it's not nice. So 
when I used to see people in my class getting bullied, I'd be like, are you dumb? Don't bully my cousin. And it's a little white boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who troubled you? Come, we're going around there now. And if I'm going come, I'm having the whole school coming behind me. I said, bro, if you touch my cousin again, you know, a look white boy called Tim, we touch him again, it's on. So I use my popularity always for God to help people, to feed people. If I'm going out there to go and lick it, I'm still on the stages of licking it. So I'm licking dinner tickets. Not to be a pig and eat bare food. You got food? Take a dinner ticket. Are you eating? You're not eating? Take a dinner ticket. Take a dinner ticket. Because a dinner ticket can get someone the food. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? So everything my whole life I've done was never for self-gain. It was always to help. You see what I'm saying? So once I literally, the day I actually left, um, the day I actually left university was my biggest ever achievement known to man. The biggest achievement was having a degree. Something I thought I would never, ever achieve because of my, of my dyslexia, even till now. Give me an email. It's not happening, bro. I'm not going to read it. I need someone to read it for me. If somebody sends me a letter, it could be a nice paper a little more. Bro, if somebody don't read it to me, I don't know what's happening. I've been invited to the most of, of events, and because I don't know what it says is why I don't go. I remember I got invited to the mobiles. I got invited to, I got invited to Rick Ross. I got invited to this concert, that concert. Um, if I don't see the logo, so usually the first thing I do is scroll right to the bottom of the email, and then I will it will be a Lambeth logo. So I know it's Lambeth. It might be it might be Universal. So I know it's Universal. It might be Warner Brothers. Yeah. That's the only way I know it is something. What yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, that, and, and that I've done it all my life. So um I was like, do you know what? Let me look for a bricks and soup kitchen. Went online, couldn't find enough for bricks and soup kitchen. I said, all right. I was good at doing a bit of design and work on Photoshop. So my friend was kind of teaching me how Photoshop works and stuff. Went on Google, stole a logo. Took whatever it was on there, yeah, and put bricks and soup kitchen on there. Made a flyer. I went back onto my estate and I said, "I need a center. I need a center for Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays because those were the days I was going uni. So Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays was my uni days, ten till two, because then after two I can get an hour break and then I start my youth work for Lambeth. So I always, I've never worked full time. I've always worked part time. So for Lambeth, I used to start work at four to eight. And those were and that, and those, that was my pay job. Mm-hmm. So I said to still to keep doing my pay job, I want to do. And, I, and now I'm no longer at uni. I want to. I want to start a soup kitchen from Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays from ten in the morning till two. So I made a flyer saying ten till two, come get tea, get coffee, get clothes, get hot meals. We don't care. And, and again, I'm, I'm bringing it back to when I used my one-day bus pass. Yeah. So I knew where all the homeless spots were. Croydon, Mitcham, Streatham, Brixton Hill, Victoria, East Street. So all these main spots that I knew of, 
I'll get on a bus again, make up, make flies, go to work, make sure everybody leaves work. Yeah, guys, I'll lock up. I'll lock up yeah. because I needed their printer. So I didn't want no one to know I was using their printer. You know, the Lambeth printers are for the big industrial printers. You can sing, sing. I'm just printing 500 and I'm staying there to it done. Literally cutting it in half, using all their resources, locking up, and then I'm touching the road at night. So come to the soup kitchen, come to the soup kitchen, come to the soup kitchen, come to the soup kitchen. Just come off the streets, come to the soup kitchen. Me and my baby mother was on the strip for about three months because the day they gave us was the 1st of January, 2013. So that gave us enough time to make a flyer, post it out, and get people into the center. We didn't have no social media, nothing. Mm. I think the only thing I had was BBM. Literally, I'm making flyers. Weren't expecting it to grow as big as it is. Just all I wanted to do was give back. We went everywhere. The 1st of January, 2013, there was about 60 people outside. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? What is going on? So we instant was like, I need to buy tea. I need to buy this. Remember, no funding. Use my own money so I get paid every 15th from Lambeth. So the 15th I got paid, I bought coffees, cups, biscuits, tins, everything. Bought everything. Used to spend like two bills, three bills a month. Mm-hmm. And it was just happening. It was coming in, getting teas, getting coffees, chilling out, sleeping. And I was like, I like this. And then the more it was happening, was the more I was kind of filming it a bit, pulling it on social media. Mm-hmm. And the response was crazy. The response was crazy where people was like, we want to volunteer, we want to help. Now remember, I've never learned how to speak to corporates. Never learned. Didn't know how to do it. I'm getting a weird phone call. This is like two, three months in. Getting a weird phone call. I literally was going to put down the phone because I thought it was one of my cousins from Jamaica trying to beg me something. I said, let me answer it. Hello, Solomon. Hey, you know, this is Matt from Nando's. We're calling from um, Tennessee. Like, what? Mm. Nando's. Tennessee. From Tennessee. In America is calling me. Yeah, we've been hearing about what you've been doing and, you know, we want to come down for a meeting. Huh? So where are you now? We're in Tennessee. And you want to meet with me? Yeah. And this is what, three months in? This is three months in. They said, yeah. They come down on the Friday. They called me on the Tuesday. The meeting lasted no more than 10 minutes. They said, everything what you've been saying you've been doing is actually happening. We want to support you with Nando's. Ever since then, we've been collecting Nando's. So we can go to any Nando's and collect all their chicken. And I was like, what the hell? And then we got a phone call from Greg's. And Greg's was like, yeah, we've been seeing that you've been giving tea, you know, to the homeless. Would you like some donuts? I said, yeah. All right. Just know whatever we give you, know it's going to be that every day. We went there and we got four boxes of Yum yums. Tottenham cakes. I was like, the hell? What the hell? They was giving it to us in big batches. 
And at the same time, I was reaching out to Tesco's, Sainsbury's. And to this day, I was getting bare letters saying, you know when you when you apply for a job and it goes, unfortunately. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't need to read no more. Yeah, yeah. You know it's a no. I got pure letters saying, unfortunately, we can't support you. And then the more we was just doing the work was the more I weren't reaching out to people no more. They reaching out to me. But how was it, you know, when you first, within the first three months and you, and you got that, how was it, um, how was it in terms of you saying, oh, I'm going to start this organization, when to give back and then within three months you're getting that call. What was that for the confidence? Did that, you think, you know what, this is working, people turning up. You said you had 60 people. Is it like, oh, you know what? This is actually working. This is something that is needed. Mm. What was that like? What was that, that feeling? That feeling like? was, 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 it was better than getting my degree. Put it that way. Mm. Getting my degree, I was like, pat, pat, pat. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the feeling of getting a call from America or something I was thinking about doing when I was playing GTA at home is the best feeling ever. Mm. Remember when, remember I've known Hashi all my life. Hashi's from Stockholm. Stockholm and Summerlayton don't get along. But Hashi's a youth worker for over there and I'm a youth worker for over here. So we've always chatted, always linked up. Hashi was like, is your name registered? I said, what's that? He says, do you have um, policies and procedures? I said, what's that? Do you have insurance? I said, what's that? So Hashi was like, I'm going to help you. Hashi helped with getting us all the policies, safeguarding, um, health and safety, um, food hygiene, helped us to get that, um, helped us to become a non-for-profit. Remember, I was just a name. Yeah. I was just a name. All my life, I've just been a name of me saying Solomon Smith from the Morning School and getting to yeah, 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 yeah. I was just a name. But I had, this is the first time I was actually official body. So we was a non-for-profit, um, limited by guarantee. And that's when we was now able to kind of get more donations in and now to get public funds. Now with the public funds now, I automatically felt that I had to be not 100% transparent, 110% transparent, because I'm a guy from Somerleyton. Yeah. I'm big on black. The logo says Brixton and it's got a black face on it. Remember, we didn't have a black face on it this time. Remember, I was still with the yeah. with stolen logo. Yeah. yeah. But because we're getting people's money and the whole stigmas of charity, I was thinking I have to work 10 times more harder to show these people that we're not a fraud. We're, we don't have a big grow upstairs and we're just, we're just covering up. Yeah. This is something that we're actually passionate about. And with your support, we'll make our passion a bit more easier. Mm. Because remember, all these companies, Tesco's and Sainsbury's and Bentley. They're all cool, bro. bro they're all cool. They weren't running yeah, all bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were saying, we could run you some stuff. Mm. We was cool with that. We was like, cool. You know? And it's not until the day when things change for us is when Sony reached out to us and Sony was like, we want to work with you guys. We don't like your logo. And I was like, huh? And then um, they wanted us to be their chosen charity for um, for Carnival. Yeah. Well, I said, do you think we're ever going to be using our logo? What you got? Change your logo. 
And remember, everything is overwhelming for me because this is the first, this is the first six, seven months in. And everybody's taking a mad shine to us. Did you have a team at that point? Yes, we had Hashi, Michael, my baby mother. Um, we had Shakira, Charlene, Dessa, and we had Ad, um, Abdul Rahim. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we so 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 that was the core team. And then we was like, guys, we need to put a call out on social media for a new logo. Put a call out. And then within a week, we had over 100 logos come back to us. And we picked the logo. I didn't want my face on there. Yeah, that's, a, that's something I wanted to ask you. But yeah, carry on. I did not. You don't see no faces on no charities. Yeah. But everyone was like, Solomon, you started this. You're from Brixton. You, you started this. I was like, no, bro. You don't see on all these charities, you don't see no, no, no face. No, there was that. Please, Solomon, make a change. You've made the change. You've created this charity. Put your face on there. I was like, ah, cool. So then they done it with the logo. So the logo that we picked at random, we we just put out on social media, said, hi guys, this is the one that we've chosen. This is going to be our official logo. For us to realize that the person who designed that logo is the guy that does Ninja Turtles for Nickelodeon. Yeah. He didn't have a clue. We did not have a clue. He was just at home and he said, well, let me do the logo for you. So if you actually look at the logo, it kind of looks a bit like the Ninja Turtles, how, how he designs that. And we was like, oh, damn, we didn't even know. Didn't even know. So we've been, we've been connecting ever since. You see our flyers was designed by, designed by a homeless man. Because before he was homeless, he used to work in magazine. Our garden looks neat because our, our gardener was a homeless man who he done landscape. So everything that we do comes from the homeless people. We call them our service users because there was something before they hit rock bottom. Yeah. And what could we do to get you back into society? We've got people working for, so we, like I said, Nando's was one of our first big corporates that we worked with. So we've got people back into work with Nando's. We've got people working in Nickelodeon. We've got people working in Puma. Who was down and out homeless. We had people who was homeless and they had a big PVC license. I said, what? Now he comes to the soup kitchen in his big lorry and parks it outside the soup kitchen. And he's like, you, bro, if it wasn't for you, I would not be driving this. Now I drive all around the world. They come in and they bring in shopping. We say, we don't want money. We're glad now you're back on your feet. Now that you could bring in a shopping to us now. Because the shopping is going to help the other person. That is what the soup kitchen is all about. People think it's about food. You can give homeless people food all day long. If it's not, we're about helping you to fish. What is that saying? You can, you can give a man a fish and feed himself for a day. Or you can teach a man to fish and he'll feed his family for a lifetime. And that's what the Brixton Soup Kitchen is about. That's what we're all about. Mm-hmm. We're trying to say we've got many services here. What we've got, we've helped get people get back into nail techs, um, swimming instructors, people who's been drinking all their life and been on every striking drinking course. 
They're like, when I come here, I don't want to drink. Yeah. These are what I'm saying. Those are the biggest rewards that we get when people say, I'm working now. That is what we're about. You know, I remember I got a letter from Open University. And again, like I said, I knew it was Open University because it was the logo. And then when I opened up the letter, the letter was just bare writing. Yeah. So I said, I read this for me, please. Don't know what, I think they're going to be asking me for money. I'm going to try to find a way to dodge this because I owe them about 50K of student loans. They read the letter and said I've been awarded my master's. Sick. From doing the work with the soup kitchen. Sick. Well done. So remember the yeah. biggest qualification I ever got was a, was, was a degree. I got a 2-1. And then when this guy couldn't even read the letter, where the person said, bro, they are awarding you your master, your master degree. I would have, like I said, I never would have thought I would have got a degree. Yeah, learn going on to get a master's now. To now get a master's. I was like, what? for doing the stuff what I enjoy doing. I was like, And doing what? the stuff that needs to be done. I want stuff what needs to be done. I was like, what the hell? Every year I go to Miami. Turn up. I've got a problem. I find it hard to click up. I've been going to Miami since 2005. Way before I started Soup Kitchen. And all I was on was, where's the youth clubs? Where's the community centers? I'm meant to be there to turn up and live my movie. You know? yeah. And I can't. Because my mind is always saying, work, where's the youth clubs? I'm renting a moped and I'm thinking, where's the youth club? Excuse me, where's the youth club? Sure, I, want to, I want to speak to them and see what their services is like over here. Where I've been working with them for over five years. Where they said to me, Solomon, I think this is the time I had a level three in youth work. And they said, with your level three, we can fly you over here and you can be over here for six months. I've worked with young people. And before I took it, my baby mother at the time said, I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh my days. I just got the opportunity to work in Miami. But I'd rather obviously yeah. child. That same company said they kept in contact and they was like, We seen that you've been doing stuff with homelessness. Come over. We went over. And ever since then we've been working with the homelessness over there. So we go over there, we make up food packs, we get a volunteer team. And we go downtown Miami. We go, um, we go up to Asian Torah. You know, people think South Beach is for people who's never been to Miami. Yeah. They think it's about ladies and bikinis and roller blitz. Yeah, yeah. Bro, it is nothing like that. The, the, the strip is like Brixton. The one road will take you from here to Brighton, Collins Avenue. It will take you here to Brighton. But the main strip that you see on TV and everything is like Brixton. It's the, that is, Brixton is probably like two streets. So you know they call it street one, street two. Street yeah, yeah. From 8th Street, to 10th Street is lit. You see people driving up and down, Lambos, amazing. Bro, when you get off of 20th Street, it is different. You see the homelessness. People saying, bro, if I don't, if I don't beg, I don't get, I don't eat. That is Miami, bro. That is what Miami's like. How does it compare, like, when you look at like what you're saying, basically, when you see the homelessness there and you see the homelessness there, is it much the same or? No. 
You see, when you go outside of England, with England, there's a lot of services. When you go over there, like when I was working in the youth clubs over there, if you're not rich, you can't access youth clubs. Where over here, if you're poor, you can access the youth clubs, but you have to be poor and, 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 and be a bad boy to access everything. Over there, if you ain't got money, you can't access nothing. So this is the reason why it's easy. Remember, you can walk into Walmart, go to the back, and you can buy a gun. Yeah. That easy. The guns are in... Um, do you remember the yo-yos when we used to get yo-yos? Yeah, 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 of course. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the same packet as a yo-yo, so you can just rip it open, and a gun is there. Boom, you can put it in your shopping, and you can have... You can literally have your gun, and you can have a pint of milk. In the same trolley. So their way of living over there, you can understand why there's so much killings over there. Because you've, young people from the ages of 13 to 19 are not, they don't know like us in the UK where we're thinking, well, youth clubs will only take us from 13 to 19. Yeah. Over there, 13 to 19, bro, they're on the roads. If, they, if they're not out here selling to make bread, they're on the roads. If girls, remember, I'm talking to girls and girls are saying, that if you go to the strip club, yeah? Remember, their strip club is 24-7. There is a long line of girls trying to get to the strip club. They have to pay. These are girls from the ages of, remember, they buy fake ID mm. to pretend that they're 18 just so they can be in the strip club. They have to pay to strip for the night. Mm-hmm. And there's a long line. So their way of living is completely different. To us. Yeah. I wanted to go back to, you were saying, like, I want a question I wanted to ask. So you said you didn't want to be on the logo. How, how's that for you? Like being basically, you are the brand. Mm. So you've got your team, it's your vision, whatnot. The, for it to work every day, there's loads of you making that happen. But I'm saying, how is that that being the actual brand in terms of everyone knows your face? I'm sure you get a hundred calls. Everyone, you have to smile with everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you are the actual brand. How is that for you? It's hard because it's like every minute, I always, like you said, I always have to be this smiling character mm. where people don't know I'm actually human. But sometimes I'm just like, Bun everyone. Yeah. I'm just, I just want to just stay at home and play Grand Theft Auto. Mm. But then I miss it. I get a phone call and I'm thinking that could be someone who's really starving and they really plucked up the courage to call me. But a lot of people are embarrassed to call and say that they need help. So I don't want to miss a call. Mm. And then it could be someone who actually was like, should I call him? I don't want to call him. I don't want to look like I'm, I'm, I'm actually begging, but I actually really need help. I don't want to do it. That's how I think in my head. So I don't want to miss the call because there was one time, yeah, I was at the soup kitchen and a guy, remember I said we closed at two o'clock, yeah? And this is the day we stopped doing it. A guy come in at five minutes to two and we was like, bro, food's done. Everything's done. Like, we need to cut. Yeah. And it was like, oh, can't you not stay like like 20 minutes? We're like, no, you know. But we're getting back open on Monday, though, innit? This is Thursday. 
We'll be back open on Monday. Check us. No. Check us on Tuesday. Tuesday. Check us on Tuesday. Trust me, we're, we're here, man. We're here. Tuesday, man. You sure you can't say like another 20 minutes? No, we need to go. We need to go. Bearing in mind, we had nowhere to go, you know? I went on my Facebook on the Sunday and the guy committed suicide. The guy committed suicide. And till that day is when I said, if somebody says they need me and they want to talk to me, I'm talking. I don't care how long it's going to be. I thought I felt, I, I failed that person. Mm. I proper failed him. And I said, I would never want to do that again. For me, he was rushing to go nowhere. I was rushing to go home and play GTA. So is bringing it back to your question, it's hard for me to not keep that smile on the face because I don't know who I'm going to buck up on. The amount of people that come up to me and be like, Solomon, thank you, man. You saved my life. And I'm like, so who are you? They're like, you don't remember me, man. I come to your soup kitchen 2014 and you fed me and you had a conversation with me. But because I'm feeding and I'm having conversations with so many people. Yeah, you're not going to always. I'm not going to remember yeah. who and who. Yeah, of course. So people come to me all around the world and they're like, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Even when I went to Miami, people was like, oh, you're the guy from, you're the guy from soup kitchen, right? And I'm yeah. like, how the hell? You know, you feel you get a lot of love, yeah. not just from the people that are like service yeah. users and whatnot, just yeah. from like general, like people from Peckham, Brixton, Tottenham. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Can that be overwhelming though sometimes? Because I know, like, you know, just people knowing you and say, oh, this, oh, and then you haven't probably to sometimes pretend like you know people and you don't. Oh, yeah, we saying, bro. Like, do you know what I mean? Can it's it be very overwhelming. I don't go carnival. Yeah. It's too much for me. I don't go. Do you remember we used to have the thing in, um, what was the thing in Brixton called again? I, I don't go Brixton Splash. It was too much. I couldn't leave from one and walk over to, to the other side. If I go Carnival and I want to make it out from whatever train station I come out from and then I walk to, um, I walk to Flipping Rampage, it's a madness. I get stopped, bombarded, the same questions pictures. Sometimes I just want to go there and just drink rays and it's and 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 it's at a madness. Yeah, I yeah. can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people start you're the face. Because you're people the look at me like I'll go anywhere. People yeah. look at me and they're like and I'll be with I'll be with somebody and the person's with me and they go and tell them they noticed you. Yeah. So annoying. My kids, oh my God, my kids they like it in a way yeah, because yeah. I can get them into concerts. Um I had um Milana um I didn't even know who she was. And she was. I don't even know what I'm talking me. about right now. Um, I forgot her name. I'll get. I'll get the proper name. And she was like, "I got a show." And I said to my daughter, oh, this "Girl, reached out to me." And then she was like, "My daughter was like, what?" Yeah. I said, "Yeah, I'll get you two tickets." Yeah. So things like that, I like. I, I like when you know when when all these record labels reach out and they be like, "Oh." Rick Ross is coming over. Do you want backstage passes? I'm like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it, there is definitely a pros and a cons to it. You get me? I get lit into a lot of events. People will see me. I don't have to line up. Um, I remember I was stressing to go to one concert and then I was just like, do you know what? Like, let me just walk outside there, innit? And I was like, Solomon, 
Who are you with? How many people are you with? Yeah. Go. So I need to come out of you when Trust. I'm coming out. Yeah, come out Trust. of you. Uh, sweet. Um, all right. If what advice would you give when looking at everything you've been through? What advice would you give to the younger you? I would say take risk and prosper. Take risk. I mean, just if you think of something, I regret starting the soup kitchen at the age I started the soup kitchen. Because I thought about doing the soup kitchen from the age of 19. I wish I'd done it at 19. It's eight years now, but I'm 35. I wish I started it younger. If there's anything that young people think about and do, do it. I remember being on my estate in Summerlayton. We're hungry, and I'm like, I want, I want, I want chicken cottage, you know. And I said, if only chicken cottage could deliver here. Why didn't I? I remember I probably was thinking about it for weeks, yeah. you know. Rather, there's delivery room out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That irks me that I thought about that and I was like, I was 15. Delivery come like 10, 15 years later. I was on the ends playing pound up and I was like, I can't come here. Why do we always have to go there? I was like, all we got to do is put someone on a ped with the big box and they will just go and get the food and bring it here. Why don't I have the, the mindset of thinking, bro, that's a business idea, bro. Mm. Why couldn't there be a McDonald's on where McDonald's would bring it to you? I thought about that from a young age. So I would say, please, anything that you guys think about, just do it. Failure is an amazing tool, but people, for some reason, are scared of. Failure is the best teacher. All right. Speak on that failure point. What would you say has been your biggest failure in life? Uh, uh, the biggest adversity that you've had to go through and how did you get through it? Um, the biggest failure for me was, um, I remember I was on radio. Um, so it was, so I'd, I had a Sunday, I had a Saturday show on, on top of them. And um, we was Saturday from my show was 12 to two and live links crew was two, was what was two to four. Yeah. And I remember we had a lit show. I used to always, my mind always thinks outside the box. So I used to do live call-ins, uh, used to do tricks, but we didn't have Instagram and these things. We just had live call-ins. If you had a basher, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Choice FM called, called my phone and was like, we love your show, bro. We proper love your show. And they said, come in for a meeting. Bro, because of my dyslexia, I didn't write down the meeting. I went to Jamaica. And then ever since then, Lavalin's crew was on Joseph M. I was pissed. I was pissed. And for me, it was the learning of structure. For me, then was the learning of structure. Of when something calls you, write stuff down, do things properly. You see what I'm saying? You know? Missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. You know, there was a next one. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember Dub Plate Drama? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The show that was on Channel 4 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Dub Plate Drama reached out to me as well, yeah? And um, where they was doing their auditions, 
I passed all my auditions and um, I was going to be one of the main, one of the main characters in Dubplay Drama. And again, because I still had the mindset of Brixton, licking it, we, the building we was in was a building just like this, but upstairs was Nike. So we went upstairs being fast, mm. being fast. Got upstairs and we're like, oh, this is the night building. Oh, man. Good, man. And then we was there talking to them and saying, yeah, man, you should put different colours on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, um, on the Air 90s and Air Force Ones that need to be more colours. Why is it only black and white? Yeah. Having a big conversation and the man is saying, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, Solomon. And I'm thinking I'm doing a good thing where the man has now reported saying, yeah, Solomon. And I literally mashed up the whole production of that plate drama with the reason why they had to push it back. No one didn't know that. Yeah. And for me, learn not to be fast, bro. Do what you need to do. Go about your business, bro. Because mm. that was one of the biggest, when I saw it on TV and I was yeah. involved, again, that irks to me when I'm seeing everybody who was on that plate drama run off to the big things. And because of me being fast and being a idiot, Left me in on 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 stage one. Mm. I hear that, but obviously as time moves on, these those lessons that you learned from that have now propelled you to do what you're doing 100%. and on the journey you're on. 100%. Do you know what I mean? And like I'm not that guy. Oh, things happen for a reason, but that is that. And mm. sometimes I feel that there's that saying. What is it? Um, youth is wasted on the young. Mm-hmm. Hindsight's a beautiful thing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it's yeah. those things that. Like you said, give you a structure, yeah. give you a pathway to say, yeah. oh, mate, no, that's not going to happen to me again. Yeah. Some of our friends or some of the peers that we know are still in that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still figuring that out. So, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? So, have you got a favourite quote? My favourite quote is, inspire to inspire. And that is to always make sure that you're inspiring yourself to inspire others. Because where we're living, unfortunately, if we don't buy a house, what's going to be a best scenery for our eyes? We're going to be on these council estates. What's going to put us under pressure mode? And we need to inspire to not do better, but to see better and to think of our futures. Powerful. Also, I'm thinking... Like with everything that's going on, whole pandemic, whatever you want to think about it, or whatever you don't think about it, how are you? How has it it's affected all of us? But I'm saying, in terms of especially like working in your industry, mm. how have you seen the effects on like mental health and things like that, and even yourself, mm. family, friends, loved ones? Um, I would say for me, it was just more learning how life works. Learning that sometimes things need to be put on pause. Um, life sometimes needs to be restarted, you know. And through and through these through these times, we're gonna lose some people. So for me, I just felt that because I kind of I am a bit clued up and I and I can't really make media get to me as much. I still felt like I had I had a mission to do. So when they're saying, you know, go home and lock away, I couldn't really understand why. Mm. 
Because if I don't go out and feed homeless people, if everybody's locked away, who's going to feed homeless people? So I couldn't lock down. I didn't feel it was right for me to lock down. And at the same time, I was realizing that everybody's mental health was going all over the place. Especially when they were saying, oh, you could go outside, but you can only go outside until 10 o'clock. So I was thinking... It don't make sense. Is the... um, is coronavirus, does it come out more at 10? I, I literally couldn't fathom. So I was just like, well, do you know what? How can I keep people sane the best way possible? Let's go for a drive. Mm-hmm. I've got kids. I refuse to make them mash up their life and their experiences. Let's just go for a drive. Tell me how you feel. Tell me how you're feeling. You know, so I used to go on random drives. The roads will be clear. Motorway will be clear. Um, and I'll just use that to kind of better my mental health, but others as well. And it's bringing it back to when I'm saying inspire to inspire. If I'm going to inspire myself, I need to inspire others. And then hopefully by me inspiring others, that you can use that inspiration that you've got to inspire others. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. So I was just like, I just need to go out. I need to still feed more homeless people. I need to go to the homeless spots. Realising that all the homeless people that I'm supporting are the most, 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 most vulnerable. And they didn't catch COVID and die. When the news was saying to me, 55,000 people died today. The numbers are rising. 60,000 people died today. I was like, the best thing for me to do to protect me from COVID-19 is to turn off the TV. Mm. I turn off the TV. And I was just like, there's nothing I can do because the whole world is on lockdown. But let me see what I can do. Let me see if, if I'm still able to get to these places and provide food packs. Help the elderly who can't get a tissue because tissue right now, everybody's buying yeah, tissue. It's gone. No water around. No water. So let me go and provide families with water, hand sanitizers, give them face masks so they don't need to leave their house. Let me, let me be sacrificed. I literally wanted to sacrifice myself to say, do you know what? You stay in your house and let me go out and go and get it for you. All right, so, but you doing that, this is what I'm saying. How does it affect your mental health? So in terms of your being a sacrificial lamb, right? Because you're like, that's your calling. This is what you do. What about like your kids, they mother, them sort of things that yeah. your loved ones, mm. that what's the effects there? Do you have those conversations? All the time. All and, the time. That, and what's I, that like? I, I even have conversations with people about how my friend ought to be. Because I always say, and I say it to my kids, you see my life, bro. I've had a good life. If I was to die today, just know I'm not pissed off, bro. I've lived a good life. I've had a good experience. Don't look at me as, oh my God, he's gone. Just look at me as this guy has lived and he's left something behind. Mm. These are, that's, those are the conversations I have all the time. 
I'm saying I don't want to die yet because there's more stuff yeah, I want to. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, definitely, yeah, there's definitely yeah. more stuff I want to. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to experience. Yeah. But if the Lord says, Solomon, I think it's your time. Just know, bro. Make my funeral lit, lit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, make like, my funeral lit and just know, bro. I've lived good and I've experienced everything that I wanted to experience. Do you see what I'm yeah. saying? And this is why I say my calling was to definitely still help mm. because I could not stay in my house knowing that people who can't even eat, even when life was going, how they're going to survive now when life is now on pause. So I still feel like I had to glove up. Out there. And just get out there. Literally, I had to go to the, still had to do um, social distancing, say, look, your pack's there. You know, you know the phone boxes as well. So a lot of the phone boxes, the BT phone boxes, we clean them out. We put a lot of food packs in there. Okay. Okay. So now we say to people, if you're embarrassed and you don't want to come to the soup kitchen, go into a phone box and you, you will see a couple of food packs in there. Yeah. So we've been utilising them as well. Makes so just, just lots adapting. of different ways. Yeah, yeah adapting adapt- to a lot of ways. And that's ways. what you have to do with this thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I feel like, that's why with the work we do, it's all about adapting and adaptability. Mm-hmm. And even some of the young people we're working with, well, not even some, most of them, they've got the skills, they've got the ability, but it's how mm-hmm. do they adapt yeah. in different environments. So going on from that and taking everything into account, like what we just said, if you could be an animal, mm-hmm. any animal, what animal would you be and why? And remember taking into account all the things you've just been saying mm-hmm. and like about mental health, pandemic, all of these things. What animal would you be and why? I would love to be an eagle. I would love to be an eagle because its vision is very, very wide. When it flies, it glides. And it can go as high as it wants and see whatever it wants. I always see like coming into this room here, I can't stop looking at the scenery. I love it. I always wished I can just fly. Literally. And an eagle, I've always known an eagle to be observant, watch his prey from from afar and strike. My brother. On that note, it's been a pleasure, sir. Definitely, Absolutely definitely, pleasure. definitely. Cool.